the volume. All right, we are live on another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. Alex Monaco here on the ones and twos, fired up to be with you. What can we say? Football's in the air, right around the corner, college football underway. But if you've been rocking with me from yesterday's episode, we're rounding out the 12 through one of the greatest quarterbacks in this league to date this season. Not greatest quarterbacks of all time this season, in my humble opinion. So just to reiterate, through 12 through 7, we're going, as I would say in my bar mitzvah, we're going 12 to 1, reading right to left, however you want to chalk it up. Yesterday, I went two as the 12th best quarterback in the league. Jared Goff, 11th. Dak Prescott, 10th. My guy, Paul's Kirk, non-primetime cousins, 9th. The prince that was promised, shout out Nick Wright, Trevor Lawrence, eighth. And I got, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson, seventh, Lamar Jackson. As we work our way into six to one and real quick, want to pull off the freeway and let you know if you did not get a chance to listen to Paul and I break down a deep sleeves rolled up dive on fantasy football strategy. We went over an hour. I was fitting like a Hebrew on a high holiday by the end of it. All in, we both drafted 10th. I'll tell you what. I, I don't always listen back. I listened back before my fantasy draft last night. I got an A-plus from Yahoo, drafted first, not 10th, which we discussed. Woke up with the best grade a teacher ever gave me in the history as a student, and it was in the fantasy football class. So very excited to wake up, listen to some of my own advice as, as well as Paul's. Uh, I just want to encourage you, it is fantasy football draft week. Um, I have another one tonight. I am an animal in fantasy. I have four teams, um, two fraternity leagues, one childhood group of friends, and a New York group of friends. Uh, your boy has a MySpace 32, a, a top 32 as far as people in my life. I got to play fantasy with them. It's virtual poker. What can we say? So make sure to check out that episode as we dive into today. So as you know, 12 through 7 is who I have. We're going to work our way up. I'm assuming you can educate a guess who I have at number one overall. But I do want to talk out. This, interestingly enough, six through one and pair them like a nice wine with a piece of delicious red meat. If you're a vegan, I respect it. Let's get into it. Sixth best quarterback, in my humble opinion, in this league going into this year. And I almost want to rate him higher. I really do. But some of this is, what have you done in the playoffs? What have you done under pressure? And unfortunately, guy's got top shelf flow, excited to see it grow back, excited to see him ink a long-term deal because we know, and you know this if you listen to me, I'm a San Diego kid. I'm in recovery as a San Diego Charger fan. I have a love-hate relationship with my toxic ex, the LA Chargers. We land on the lily pad at number six overall with Justin Herbert. Sitting right now on FanDuel, pending where you shop, 4,425 and a half. Yards on this season, passing yards, 30 and a half passing touchdowns. Now, two things to mention. I'm big on this. Optics, off the field, momentum, morale coming into the season. Now, I don't love Staley. I never have. 
I don't think he, to me, embodies what a head coach needs. This is a talented roster, but again, it's the tale as old as time. Like I said yesterday, death taxes and don't draft New England Patriots running backs in fantasy. Shout out my guy, Sean. Do not hang your hat on the Chargers being clutch in this league. I can go down the Drew Brees, LaDainian Tomlinson, late junior Seau, Phillip Rivers, the late Vincent Jackson, Antonio Gates rode with you. I can hold your Antonio Cromartie hand all the way down Chargers from the OOs to about five years ago of teams that should have won, should have imprinted themselves on the Lombardi trophy, let alone in the playoffs. None of it happened. We lost the stadium. We lost the team. Don't get me started on the San Diego State football stadium. It doesn't have armrests and plastic chairs where beer knocks you if the person in front of you has a beverage. Unbelievable. Neither here nor there. Greatest city in the country without a football team. Goodell. I hope you're listening to the Moneyline Monaco podcast. But we're looking at Herbert here and and, and all things considered. I really love these numbers. Now, if you haven't watched every snap of every game like I have with Justin Herbert, guys broke, guy came in the league and broke almost every conceivable NFL rookie pass rookie passing record in the 2020 season. He had the most passing touchdowns and the most completions, 31 and 396. He's already amassed in the first couple seasons as a Charger what any previous Charger quarterback who started their career with the club and the franchise has done. He, in fact, has a 57-pass winning effort without a passing touchdown, and it's the most passes in a winning effort without a tug in NFL history. The guy in the 2022 season sets a single-season franchise record for pass attempts and completions. Ladies and gentlemen, you go out, you get Quentin Johnston. You are sitting there still with Keenan Allen in the conversation for a third-round fantasy fantasy pick. Mike Williams in the conversation for a fourth, fifth round fantasy pick. You have three wide receivers and a guy who's top five in every fantasy football draft in Austin Eckler, a true hybrid back who is humming out the gate since he has been in control as the, at the running back position once Melvin moved on. But this team, it's hard to really explain when you emotionally bank on this club and how much they let you down. Everything I said about Trevor Lawrence yesterday is everything that is in the Costanza opposite realm of this LA Chargers team. They're not clutch. They don't show up timely. They do not deliver in clutch moments. And I got to be honest, this is a team that needs Justin Herbert to play above the rim out of their mind. But the reality is in his humble beginning career, guys cooked. Guy's gone for over 4,300 yards, over 5,000 yards, and over 4,700 yards. You you compare him to a great shooting guard in the NBA, he's going to get his numbers. He's going to get his. And 30 and a half touchdowns for a guy that came into the league and dropped 31. And then last year took a little bit of a step back as far as touchdowns, but he's also at 38 in this league. I think... With Kellen Moore at the helm, which is a huge element here. Two two sides of the coin to be optimistic about Justin Herbert Betts and putting him sixth on my list. 
This is a guy that has the number one red zone offensive coordinator percentage-wise, 71 and some change the Cowboys were in the red zone last year on his team now. Now, let's not forget Staley is not sitting there making play calls with Herbert in, in their tenure here. Now they have a guy solely dedicated to the offense and they've invested in him, invested in, him in the long term. These are two elements. If you're betting on a team, you have to love. Now, again, betting on this team is different. I expect them to be 10 and seven. I don't think they're an 11 win club. They always win games. They shouldn't. They always lose games. They should win. It's just how it goes in San Diego. The tale is old as time. You can't have Ron Burgundy, the weather, top shelf Mexican food and championships. You just can't. God doesn't want all four things in San Diego. So we get three. The point is, this team has a couple of positives to look at going into this year and locking him in for a guy in Dean Spanos, who I know all too well, who did not pay anybody, didn't pay anybody, let so many guys walk, not name LT and Gates. It makes me sick to my Scotty Man bad beat stomach. But the reality is they're going to be gunslinging the rock all season. They're going to be spreading the ball all season, and they're going to be capitalizing on a great mind in Kellen Moore. So you're going to get more options to me for more versatile offensive play calling. You got your quarterback for the future locked in, and you got an asset, I believe, off the noggin in Quinton Johnston that had the number one, yeah, yards after catch in the entire wide receiver draft. This is a lot of positive juju and 4,425 yards. Again, it's almost pick your poison because this is a guy in Herbert that can go over this number. No problem. Two or three years. He's done it two or three years. He's gone over the touchdown number. I like both personally with the red zone statistic that we're hearing or we're seeing from last year with the Cowboys. I think you got to lean. You got to lean touchdowns because 31 touchdowns for a guy that's done this two out of three years with an offensive mind. Again, remind yourself, Anthony Lynn, he comes into the league Tua-esque with a Brian Flores, Anthony Lynn. Now, Anthony Lynn was a running back, running backs coach, but all things considered, not a brilliant, innovative mind. No offense to him. Great guy with, with really coaching up Herbert at that spot. This is why you've seen Jared Goff with Ben Johnson take a big leap. The guys that have great pairings with play callers. I mean, look at Enemy with Mahomes. Look at Nagy with Mahomes. Look at that quarterback room. You got three guys crafting plays for the greatest talent in the league. This is a little bit of a smaller rendition down the street in the AFC West, but still something of, that's emblematic of positive one-two pairings with play caller and quarterback. I think Herbert can make all the throws. And again, I was wrong on Herbert. I did not see this guy coming into the league and out the gate cooking and humming. I, I stand corrected on that lily pad, but I'm all in on Herbert's on Herbert fantasy bets uh, and overall, not fantasy bets, overall four, four, two, five and a hook and 30 and a half fan duel bets this season. I think both are easily cleared. The only thing in our way here is this guy could unfortunately get banged up. Offensive line still being improved upon, 
But I mean, you look at points for points against last year, this Chargers team sat there at around 23 points scored and defensively, you know, not something really with the talent they have super impressive. They they score 23, they give up 22.6. So all that to be said, they need this guy making plays. They need this guy making all the throws. I'm all in on Herbert this year, but I got him at the sixth best quarterback. Now, as I work my way, five, four, three, two, one, I, I got to be honest. I find this a, a little bit head scratching that Aaron Rodgers isn't even in people's top six quarterbacks of this season. As if the guy, I, I'm sorry, stumped the Schwab. Did he not have 48 touchdowns in 2020 and five picks? Did he not have 37 touchdowns and four picks? In 2021. So last year, you know, we're so picky when it comes to special. Someone puts themselves in that Madden 97, 98, 99 category, and you just never expect them to fall off. And I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers, and I've said this again to the eons. This is the best Aaron Rodgers you're going to get. This is Steve Carell in Act 3. Of crazy, stupid love. He's dressing well. He's got the juju. He's got the Kavorka. He's got all of his teammates rallying around him. And again, how many times do I need to remind everybody the guy takes the biggest pay cut in NFL history? And we want to question that this guy's going to go out and not deliver? Why? Because he has a mediocre offensive line? Now, that's worth considering, but at the end of the day, he's ha- he's inheriting the best defense unequivocally in the history to me outside of the Super Bowl year of his entire career. Now, the Packers have had good defense, but we have to remind ourselves what this Jets team was, defensively speaking, top four in points against, tops in the passing defense department. Top three, only, I believe, five clubs, maybe six, gave up less than 200 yards passing last year. Sauce Gardner and those boys were one of them. Only behind the Eagles and the Saints with passing defense. You inherit Garrett Wilson and Sauce, offense and defensive rookie of the year. Now, it already worked with Dalvin. And this, you've seen Dalvin on the McAfee show. If you haven't, he came there to win. Everybody is boom or bust. And the exciting thing is Aaron Rodgers has let it be known. Because is he retired? Is he not? Is he interested? Is he not interested? He's in. He's in for next year as well. That's got to ease the mind, whether you're a Yankees fan or a Mets fan, just straight recovering like a Galifianakis hangover in late August because you ain't going to the playoffs. If you're a Jets fan, you got to feel good about it. I'm looking at this number here of 30 plus TDs at plus money or 28 and a half passing touchdowns on the season, I mean, absolutely break out the Aaron Judge gavel and slam it. There's nothing to worry about. Now, the only thing you could sit here and maybe play devil's advocate with is that Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook are going to eat some carries inside the red zone. You know, Aaron Rodgers, you did see the numbers dip a little once A.J. Dillon really started to come on a certified inside the 10 goal line back. That's fair. That's something to think about. Brees Hall healthy, Dalvin Cook healthy, maybe 
that causes him to go under that number. We have to also think about it like this. This game is flow. This game is about choreography. I'm watching hard knocks. You're watching hard knocks. They got a lot early. They're speaking on that you would think teams would have to get right early, mid-season, etc. Look at the Randall Cobb huddling and look no further. And he accidentally called him 12, not 8, which is funny because Aaron Rodgers number 8. Look at that instance where Randall Cobb with the veteran leadership rallies the boys and lets him know that it's all about T-R-U-S-T. He may be known for R-E-L-A-X. The reality is a single man who has not been able to put a ring on a wife his entire adult life, he has trust issues. We've heard murmurs about the family. I'm not going to go there. But the guy is not easily wrapping his arms around you. What Randall Cobb was saying was everything. He needs to trust you or he's not throwing you the ball. Now, the big difference from last year to this year is he didn't hang out with Romeo Dobbs. He never hung out with Christian Watson. I, again, host a TV show on MSG. I go to all the Knicks games. I go to all the Ranger games. Right when he got traded, he's at the Garden for the Knicks. He's at the Garden for the Rangers. He's front row at a Broadway play, all with his teammates. You cannot sit here and say that's nothing. And last thing I'll say, Brady said it on the McAfee, uh, excuse me, Manning said it on the McAfee show. Brady said it. He doesn't have to relearn a new playbook because Nathaniel Hackett came with him. Just gets to change from a green and yellow jersey to a dark green jersey and go to New York City. That's it. Even as Lazard coming with him and Cobb, a little bit of comfortability there. But you're getting him in the 2.0 version, post-divorce, trying to prove if he didn't travel in his first marriage, he's about to travel. If he didn't spend money in his first marriage, he's about to go full godfather. It's just how life goes. And you're getting him, to me, at 28 and a half touchdowns at a discounted price. We move to the number four quarterback. And I sit here and I think on this, and, and people may be upset with me, but I'm putting Jalen Hurts fourth. I cannot sit here and put Jalen Hurts above Josh Allen. And I cannot sit here and put Jalen Hurts above Joe Burrow. I'm not sitting here saying that Jalen Hurts might be the second best leader, second best leader to Patrick Mahomes in this league. MVP-esque season. 3,700 yards, 22 tug, six picks, all career highs, 101 QBR. We've seen what he's done on foot, career high in at least attempts, a little bit less as far as rushing yards, but 13 touchdowns, also a career high rushing. He sits, and I'm actually looking at his rush yards and his rushing touchdowns as something you want to sprinkle on. Now, Jalen Hurts, to me, is an unbelievable fit in Philadelphia. A not easy town in the slightest to perform in. Ben Simmons has crumbled. You've seen many a players go there and not want the smoke. Now, I've been to Philly twice since I've lived in New York for sporting events. One of the greatest environments I've ever been in. It does rival New York, in my humble opinion. The city of brotherly love. If you are delivering, they love you like Allen Iverson. No one will love you more than Philly. 
Joel Embiid kind of has that going for him right now. Bryce Harper, sort of. Probably got to win a World Series, not just get there, but but he's in there. And you've heard Bryce Harper talk about it. Jalen Hurts putting his phone lock screen of Kansas City confetti falling on his noggin after a Super Bowl L, to me, is everything you want in a quarterback. The guy, remind ourselves, did not get to the league without trials and tribs everywhere he tua at Alabama. Oklahoma Lincoln Riley turned the guy was doubted slept on and truly not wrapped his uh, wrapped his arms around in college until the very end and the small opportunities he had he opportunities he had to perform he he flew through the expectations so I love everything about Jalen Hurts but statistically speaking I cannot put him above the next big three and when it's all said and done, you go quarterback removed, 52 men, ironically on cut day here. Where do you put Philly? Top offensive line, top three defense. I mean, he is surrounded by everything you could imagine and then some. He's got two wide receiver ones. He's got a top five tight end. He's got a top two offensive line, arguably best center. Jason Kelsey in the league. Uh, to me, top two front seven in the league. Top passing D. Outside of a mediocre rush D, the dude had everything on his side. It's not that I don't think the dude could be the second best quarterback in the league. I just can't sit here and make the case that all things considered, this guy is above Burrow and Allen. He did not turn a franchise around. Philly won a Super Bowl, a cup of coffee prior to him coming in. I mean, come on. The team was win ready, win now. Other guys completely turned around franchises. Burrow, Allen, forget about it. But I do look at this rushing number, 725 and a half. I like it a lot. Again, we have turnover in the backfield. Miles Sanders gone. DeAndre Swift in. Rashad Penny in the building. Gainwell still there. But a little bit of turnover. That, to me, is going to take a little bit of time, probably, to figure out workflow between that backfield. The one thing they know is that Hertz is silly with it when he runs the football. I mean, last year alone, 13 tugs. Just, just an incredible... Lost no fumbles. Lost no fumbles. 165 carries as well on 760, that rounds out to about 4.6. If you're looking at that mathematically from a running back perspective, you're loving. 13 tugs, by the way, to me, is a little more, if I had to pick one, of a of a confidence push the button on FanDuel. 11 touchdowns is achievable. Remind ourselves, DeAndre Swift was not a bell cow back inside the red zone. Jamal Williams led that team in rushing touchdowns as well as the league. So, Swift is more of a change of pace back, not necessarily a gadget back, but not a dude that's going to potentially be trusted inside the five. That's probably going to be more Rashad Penny's role, if I had to guess. But all that to be said, I think Hertz gets in the end zone quite a bit this year. And again, you can play smoke and mirrors all day with this team. Both their coordinators are replaced. So we'll see how he does in the post-Shane Steichen era. But I still believe in Sirianni. I still believe in this club. And I have to say, that over 10 and a half for me is a must. We look at quarterback number three. 
Tim the Toolman, Josh Allen, 35, 36, 37 touchdowns in his last three seasons. Not going to sit here and say that a little bit of his interception numbers aren't a cause for concern. Dak led the league in picks. Josh Allen led the league in turnovers. You have to put him at three. As I've jokingly said, in the Galifianakis convertible on the way to the hangover Vegas Super Bowl, Mahomes is driving. Joe Burrow is sitting shotgun. And Josh Allen is in the back. Their inability to beat this Bengals team has me at them, has me putting Allen at number three. But Josh Allen is that dude. And Josh Allen doesn't get enough credit for how unbelievably unique his skill set is and how he moves the football. I mean, you'll watch Bill's possessions and they don't even have, it's like they play Madden. Uh, like me playing Madden against my brother. I don't even think about running the pass. I just move the football, baby. And this dude has gone over 4,200 yards in his last three seasons. Again, to get over 4,000 yards in this league is incredibly impressive. I mentioned the touchdown continuity there. You're getting plus money at 35 plus touchdowns. In a year where, again, they also had one last game, he hit this number, 35 tugs, by the way, it's less than that. I think this is a comfortable number to take. 35 plus touchdowns that plus money for a guy that has all, all the skill set, can make all the throws, and the Bills have a lot to prove this year. We've seen the digs, cryptic tweets, if you want to call them that. We've seen a little, obviously we've seen this team deal with way more than any other team last year. Thank God Hamlin is healthy and playing. But this team, you can make a case, is more together than they otherwise have been in years past. And it is win now. And it is on 1-7. He's got his money. Now, he is off an interesting injury as well. Believe it or not, he had a partially torn UCL, same injury, baseball injury that Purdy had that took him out of that NFC Championship game. He still goes out and performs. He's, he's almost a unicorn. He's got Cam Newton almost athleticism. And he's got an arm like Joe Flacco. There's not much to not like about this guy. The only guy that stops Josh Allen is Josh Allen. So he's got to, in the post-table era, figure out a little bit of way to be more fundamental. Don't think it stops him in the offensive statistical category. I got him as a third-best quarterback in the league. I got him at 35-plus touchdowns. Slam it. Number two, Joe Burrow. Mr. Joe Cool. Now, want to pause a little bit because we don't fully know his status. So it's interesting on the shops. He's got his passing yards on there, but he doesn't have his passing touchdowns. Passing touchdowns are nowhere to be seen. Scoured the books. Passing yards, I've seen a number like 4275. Now, just to give you an idea, last two seasons, guys cleared that by several hundred yards. 35 tugs, 34 tugs, 4, 4, 7, 5, 46, 11. This, to me, I love the passing yards more than the touchdowns for Joey Burr. This is a guy that has lit up the touchdown category. He does it once or twice a season, and it's special. This guy has the ability to take over a game, literally, for them to go 4-4 four and four out the Super Bowl gate, Super Bowl L gate and go on an eight game winning streak. We're already hearing in the sports betting community that this guy might be the greatest cover the spread quarterback in the history of the game. 
But from a passing yard standpoint, since passing touchdowns aren't on the board, I got to talk it out. 4275, right? Well, it is plus 550 for him to throw the ball over 400 yards in three plus games. In 2020, he did it once, his rookie season. In 2021, he threw for over 400 plus yards three times, including a 500 yard game. Last year, he did it once. He is yet to go one season without a 400 plus yard outing. Start doing the math, 42.75 and a hook divided by 17. If he is playing week one, and we do want to wait on this, I think if you are going to bet on Burrow props, you might as well wait, see where the health is. The line's moving like crazy from when he got hurt to now against the Browns week one. Just cause for concern with it. But all things to, all things said, all things equal, guy's second best quarterback in the league. Guy will win a Super Bowl for the city of Cincinnati when it's all said and done. Shout out Chris Collinsworth. And the number one quarterback in the game today. Already a cover of Madden under his belt. Already two-time Super Bowl MVP under his belt. A guy that's 64 and 16. Please do yourself a solid and bet Chiefs over 11 and a half wins as a starter. I mean, this team hasn't won less than 12 games since 2017. I mean, you got to be kidding. Most points per game on offense last year. Super Bowl MVP season for Sir Patrick Mahomes. Just to give you an idea of his numbers in the betting world, 30-plus touchdowns at minus 550. Even 35-plus is juiced at minus 155. It's minus 112 to go over 35 and a half touchdowns. Now, Mahomes, to me, is again going to have to remind us who he is because we always like to figure out some sort of thing. Again, if you're great and you fall off, we're picky. If you're great and you stay great, we almost, like LeBron, have to try to dupe ourselves or try to tell ourselves objects in mirror are not as they appear. Let's not worry that there's new weapons again, all right? Kadarius, Tony in the building. MVS is there. They got Rice, Sky Moore from last year. Justin Watson's on this list. I like Justin Ross, sleeper, by the way, in fantasy. But, I mean, this dude had 41 touchdown season. 41 touchdown season. Two years ago, 37 tugs. Three years ago, 38 tugs. I mean, he's gone for over 5,000 yards twice. He's gone for over 4,000 yards every season. He's been under center the full season. What's not to like? What's to doubt? Nothing. Just like with Josh Allen, there is nothing in the way of stopping Patrick Mahomes, if, except for Patrick Mahomes. Now, I think to me, he has another box office season. Believe it or not, I actually think he makes less mistakes than he has in the last two years. Now, interestingly enough, he's gone over the interception number into double-digit land, three of the last five seasons. Look at 2020, look at 2019, six interceptions and five interceptions. I mean, 11 interceptions combined in two seasons, less than three of the full seasons he's played of his five. That's interesting. He's over under on interceptions is 10 and a half. 
I'm comfortable taking the under on that. I think he has to play, even though, again, he he, he calls himself this, and it's spot on with the way he throws his, his passes in so many different variations. He's a baseball player. Guy's a pitcher and a shortstop making all the throws. I think he's a little more fundamental this year. Again, the enemy, I guess if there is in the quarterback room a little bit of turnover, that's got to be mentioned. Number one play caller gone. You still got Big Red, of course, making the making the ones and twos on crafting up plays. But losing the enemy, they may have to play a little more with, again, less pieces than they've had in his career, less of a defense. If Chris Jones doesn't figure it out, that is concerning. Frank, Frank Clark, Carlos Dunlap gone. But all that to be said, I'm still comfortable with him throwing 36 touchdowns. I am going to bet it. But I think if you want to go an interesting bet with Mahomes, maybe under 10 and a half interceptions. And again, remember one of these, I think it was two years ago, not this past year, he was out the gate throwing interception after interception. And that was all the media was talking about. And then he finally corrected himself. This guy can go games without making a mistake. Games, plural, not many can do that. Again, he is smart enough. Football IQ to not get himself in those spots and the athleticism to get himself out of trouble with his legs anytime he needs it. Guy's the best quarterback in the league. May end up as the greatest quarterback in the history of the game. I'm sorry, Tom. But this dude has two rings going on a third and we have to start wrapping our arms around a potential dynasty as soon as this season because it's never a bad bet to back the Chiefs with one five under center. It's never a bad bet to put your money on one five. I like a most over 35 and a half touchdowns. I think under 10 and a half interceptions. I think it's one of those 38 tugs, eight interceptions year, eight interceptions year. Uh, if we're on Twitter, bookmark that. So there we have it. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Herbie six, Aaron Rodgers five, J1 Hurts four, Josh Allen three, Joe Burrow two, Patty Mahomes one. No disrespect to Phil. It's got to call what I got to call it. Appreciate you for Paul, for myself. Don't forget to follow the Moneyline Monaco pod. We will be back tomorrow on AMP. Don't forget to hug your mother. The volume.